Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of We Believe Do You, a paranormal podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Eric. And today's guest is Troy. Troy, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Well, hello, everybody. I'm Troy, and I'm a trance channel for the entity that's referred to as Michael, that some of your uh, listeners may know uh, from the book Messages from Michael. And that's basically what I've been doing since 1988. I go into a trance, <laughs> this entity speaks through, and we've been tracking, or not tracking, but documenting all of this information that's been coming through for, for a long time. And recently, some uh, some people in the community have started compiling all of the work that's come through, um, and we have over 10,000 pages of transcripts, which I had no idea <laughs> had happened in that time. But that's what I do. Um, I'm Aquarius. I'm vegan. I'm gay. <laughs> I'm happy. And go. I'm really happy to be here. So awesome. thanks for having me. Of course. Well, yeah. Eric is also an Aquarius. Yes, so. but I'm not Ooh. vegan. So. You know. <laughs> we'll get you there. We'll get you there. <laughs> Like I try. I'm like, let's do more like vegetarian meals because I will just eat meat all day, every day. And oh just, god, like, I talk have to, to me. like yeah. <laughs> talk to me, I'll help you because it's a very gentle process. It's not yeah. anything dramatic at all. Yeah. I, I will I, say I, I I went vegetarian and then vegan for like a few months and I was like, this is really not as hard as people think. So I, I will right. I will give you that. I just yeah. I'm stubborn, I guess. <laughs> well I was I went vegetarian in eighth grade. So I mm -hmm. was like very early oh, yeah. on and then went vegan um much later. But yeah, I never found it to be difficult. I just like food. So it yeah. didn't matter. I just didn't like you know hurting the animals. So yes. yeah. Yeah. I did vegetarian for like uh for like uh what's it called? I was gonna say quaresma well it's it's quaresma the like Lent. 40 day, Lent, Lent. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah, I did it for for Lent one time. Well, vegetarian because I was like, because I'm I love cheese and yeah, it's a hard like one. That. So <laughs> for me, that was the hard part. So I, you know, I went vegetarian and it wasn't like Michelle said it wasn't difficult. Um, and the funny <laughs> thing is now I'm lactose intolerant because when I there went on like this, like um, great incentive. I, mm -hmm. I went really like deep into like dieting and stuff like that and like working out and all that. So I went like on a strict diet for three months, I think. And then when I went back to try and do a cheat meal with, with cheese and stuff, oh. I found out that my body had gotten used to not having dairy and I can't have it anymore. So now I do oat milks, I do almond milk uh, and stuff like that. But like once in a while I'll, I will do cheese because I just, I, I, and then you know, regret it later. Well, for, yeah, my first wife of all, they've made great strides in making vegan cheeses now okay. because now they're using fermentation processes. They're doing all the things that would normally be used to make cheese yeah. instead of it just being like a you know an artificial process. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's really something you might want to explore. Yeah. It's very good. You might have for to sure. look into it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, I've... <laughs> I already think it's hilarious that we're talking about cheese. A <laughs> paranormal podcast. I love it. Though. I know, right? <laughs> well, uh... But so, um, uh, yeah, and I forgot to mention, I should have mentioned this in the very beginning uh, for our listeners. Uh, if you have not listened to Christian's episode, um, 
it, it's uh, the same Michael teachings that you heard in Christian's episode. And uh, Troy reached out after, you know, hearing what Christian had to say. And so we're excited that you reached out. So we really do appreciate you being on, on the podcast with us today. So, yeah. Thank you. I love that yeah. you reached back. Yeah, I was very yeah. impressed with the both of you. I loved it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Felt very welcoming and warm to listen yeah. to you. Well, that's well, that's what we try and do here. We try and you know welcome everybody on and let them tell tell their truths and tell what they feel you know and not be judgmental. Just listen to everybody and and keep an open mind. Well, that's what I was most impressed by. You you actually listened. Like there were times when somebody's talking and I'm like, okay, like like I'm drifting <laughs> off. And you all you both listened and asked questions mm -hmm. based on what the person said. So it was really impressive that you were listening when sometimes I'm like, oh, they're a little rambling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we had a little bit of technical difficulties, which <laughs> is always fun, but. Um, so let's get into it. Troy, what is your very first or what was your very first paranormal experience that you had? Um, it's really I, I feel like I was born into it. Like my life has always had something strange going on because I, I didn't know people couldn't see auras. I didn't know people couldn't see like, you know, dead people, I guess, uh, at when I was a kid. So it took a long time for me to realize that that didn't happen to everybody. So I didn't really have this registered like paranormal experience, but I think when it really started dawning on me that something was super different was when my grandmother passed away and I was not close to her. Um, but she started visiting me regularly and, and it, it would be, I it would be when I was sort of half asleep and I would see her in my mind's eye. It wasn't like an apparition or anything like that. But she just started talking to me in a way that I'd never had a conversation with her before, where she was saying um, that she wanted to teach me. She had things that mm. she wanted me to know before she left. And so that counts. I think I would count that as my first paranormal experience where I was having visitations from my dead grandmother teaching me things that would it, like as she was saying she had things to teach me then it would like i would slip into whatever state i would like i can't remember what she taught me and it but it like, ended um, up being key to my work that i do now so i think it laid down some real strong foundations for what became channeling um because after she did these little sessions with me where i was being taught i started feeling this impulse to learn more about specifically communicating with these you know with the dead around me and so i did a lot of experiments after that with my friends <laughs> and and then it evolved from there so yeah i think it was my dead grandmother visiting me <laughs> so it was like I, a matrix download yeah. uh, it really is there's a lot of that that happens in channeling we talk about that a lot there's a there's a lot of downloading that happens. That's how that's how Craig describes it too. Is like he's getting a download of information and stuff like that. It yeah. does feel like that. There's a lot of parallels between how we function in the world digitally and that I use as as metaphors for how I or analogies for how I receive information. So yeah, downloading fits perfectly. So do you know if there's any like family history of like, it's just kind of past, like do your parents maybe, or are they like in denial no. of that kind of thing? <laughs> no, I did. I don't, 
I apparently in my my dad's side of the family there was a group of people who were spiritualists they called Ooh, themselves yeah. and they would meet regularly and have like medium um sessions sessions with mediums but it was never a part of my life like nothing I was not introduced to it through them no one brought that to my attention so yeah I didn't have like any influences like that huh. it was just there until she passed over and then yeah, there was that's passed crazy. Away. yeah 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 wow. it was very strange that's one of the first experiences I had when I started uh focusing my like I realized oh you can actually like sit down and ask for communication instead of just going like oh there's somebody over there oh there's somebody standing in the, the corner I would I so I started sitting down and like I my first exposure to like any kind of structured communication with the dead was this old uh it was like a witchcraft book <laughs> and it was my first time getting access to anything that was like even remotely speaking about what my experiences were and so my first experiences with trying to have structured communication with the other side or whatever i had salt circles all around me <laughs> i had candles burning like i it, the whole ritual thing was a big deal you know at, when i was first learning how to to do it now it's nothing but that was yeah. funny well i i i'm curious did you because I, I at least i know for myself and i think eric as well did you have any fears or hesitations of like wanting to to do this or were you just like no like let's go like uh no fear well because i was always exposed like that was just my my brain was already in that wavelength i guess from from very early in my life i never even thought of it as something to be scared of okay. um the only time that i got into that space was like i said when i was first trying to make actually like, structured communication and i was baby i would do it while i was babysitting so the kids would be asleep, they were in their bed, and I'd be like, salt circle, I'll clean the oh vacuum this up before they get home. And I would do this little salt circle, and I'd sit there, and I forgot the reason why I brought it up, but one of the first times I really was like, something's going on is, is being touched, pushed down on the shoulders. That was a really startling experience. But anyway, um, the only time I got really scared was when I was trying to you know, make communication. I was, I started working with um, a spirit that I called Abraham, who said that he had died in a car crash nearby. And, and he was very talkative and willing to have communication. But um, this one time I was trying to focus, I couldn't, uh, couldn't get contact clear enough. And the, one of the little kids came out of the bedroom and said, Troy, can you help me? Somebody's trying to oh, pull no. me out of bed through the oh, window. No. And I was I was like, what are you talking about? And I don't know if that was connected, but it scared me. Like I was like, wait a minute, am I pulling in something scary? Because you know yeah. all the influences from from film and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that was the only time I ever got scared was like, oh my God, are they reaching for the kids through the oh, window? No. Oh. But it, I think he was just having a dream. When I would you not said, want you as a babysitter. <laughs> when you, <laughs> 
<laughs> when you said that that one of the kids, like I was thinking, you were seeing a child as well, and that they came oh. in and told you. And oh, like, oh yeah, and then yeah, yeah. I I realized that I forgot you said you were babysitting. I was like, oh, oh yeah, no, but that, <laughs> I'm making this that, worse in my mind. That reminds me of uh, if if it's okay if I tell this tangent. Of course, story. yeah, of course. I used to. Um, have this little boy visit me in my apartment on the Upper West Side in New York. He would just show up in my in my apartment and he would just look at me and like kind of walk around. And I by this time in my life at that time, I have in the and having moved to New York City, I had to learn how to filter out so much but, that yeah. I hadn't ever had to do before. Not only in terms of like spirits and stuff, but people you know people's energy like i was just like bring it on and then i was like no <laughs> that's too much to carry so anyway anytime i saw any kind of spirit or whatever i would try to not catch their eye <laughs> kind of like not get their attention so this little boy was coming and i was like oh, i don't want to know the story behind like why he's here like that was just made me sad that there was this little boy spirit there but i and he visited several times and uh, one day I was walking down the street and I saw this woman walking, holding a kid's hand and he was coming toward me. And I was like, Oh my God, I got chills. It was the little boy who had been visiting me in my apartment. Wow. And, at, and I was like, I'm imagining it. He just looks like him. And as I passed by and got closer, the little boy said, mommy, mommy, that's the boy, the guy I visit. All the time. Oh, I he was like, that's the one I was telling you about. And I was like, Oh, it was very, <laughs> So sometimes that's was really the first time I realized that sometimes these apparitions or whatever are also astral projections. Like that's insane. especially kids are Looking really good. good. Yeah. So that was a really fascinating experience. That's crazy. That's that's super validating for me because like I've had that theory too. Like uh, or yeah, I've I've had that question of like how many times is it act- well like you know how sometimes you'll well i don't know if you have but <laughs> like you'll you'll see it well i mean i guess you just said it like you'll see an apparition but it's like art and they're confused at seeing you too and you're like is that a natural projection of somebody else seeing me or is that like actually <laughs> like a spirit and they're confused. i can't tell the difference you know what i mean yeah i haven't gone in, in that direction that's not like my focus in my work or anything yeah like, i try to ignore all of that now I only rarely see a uh, spirit. I guess I hate using that word, but spirits yeah. um, anymore, unless they're like really traumatized. And sometimes they just stick around and then it's like, okay, I've got to, you know, like acknowledge them at least. But I try not to, because I've learned that um, spirits are a lot l- like regular people. And if you make eye contact, <laughs> I guess for lack of a better word, uh, they will be like, Oh, you see me like, and then it's harder to like get them out of your space. So I try not to like pay attention too much anymore. I was just going to say, I like what you're saying because there's this new show that came out recently called ghosts or something. It's a comedy. I've been wanting it. Okay. I've been (laughs) wanting to watch it because it, it, sounds almost exactly like what you're saying like it's just a big group of ghosts in this house oh living yeah, yeah. With and a like family. a couple yeah, yeah yeah there's a uk version and an american version and both of them are charming as hell they are so cute 
they're really funny. It's very not like my experiences, but it's still <laughs> really funny, especially some of the experiences they have. It's like it's kind of close to, yeah. to some of the things I experienced, but it's yeah, it's good. It's worth a watch. Well, then, so I, I wanted to ask you, because I know Eric and I have had situations where like there's something around. We don't know what it is or even how to get rid of it or like what's because like for me, I've always said it, it's like. They're speaking a different language, and I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't know what you want. I don't know how to help you. How would, how would, you, what would you recommend for like people who, like, I know you're there, but I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> like, what would you them. recommend? That's Just ignore them. Okay. <laughs> no, there's because I don't when I don't know what to do. It's like the same thing as on the street. Like if I come across somebody who's really having hard, you know, hardship. Like I don't know what I don't know what I can do as an individual. I can. I can put money in a in a jar that they may have, but I don't know what to do. Like I, as a, as an individual, I can't always help somebody who who needs help if I just yeah. because I'm walking by. And I've learned that that's true for for some spirits too. Like I don't have the skills or the knowledge or the the language, like you were saying. Like sometimes to really make the contact that's necessary. So I don't know. I really don't know what to do. There's actually somebody in this apartment who keeps showing up in my hallway. Um, and I still don't know what to do about that. Like, and it startles me every time because they'd like to do this leaning thing. Oh no. <laughs> and it just freaks me out. And I'm always telling Bobby, my fiance, like what I was like, did you see it too? Because I just want somebody else to see if it's there. But yeah, I just ignore it as best I can now. Okay. okay. I, I don't know. What to, I, I don't have any really great yeah. advice. That's always the creepiest thing because, like, I, I was I I recently uh, mentioned something that something happened, something similar happened to me where I had this little girl kind of lean in like this. Oh yeah, that's yes, right. The the lean. And it's it's just creepy. It's like, can you just like? I'd rather you just walk in instead of like lean and like kind of smile at me and just don't do that. Like you know, yeah. it's unnerving. Well, yeah. this is just a silhouette. It's even yeah. worse. Like, well, there's, well yeah. I don't know. A smile would probably be worse. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this silhouette, yeah, it just leans. And it's like always, it's almost like it's shy. And so I've, I've just been like letting it be there. But it's, it's only, it's really weird. It shows up for like three nights at a time and then is gone for like weeks and weeks and weeks. And then it'll be back. So I don't know what it is yet. I'll keep you in the loop. Yeah, right. Yeah. As, <laughs> You, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to share this, but do you, you live in an apartment, you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So do you know by any chance if there's any like people who pass during the times that you're starting to see this person? I don't know that as a fact. I'm mm -hmm. sure probably it's happened, but this yeah. is, uh, I don't think this building is super old. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I had another question because, you know, you mentioned you're from New York and then Eric said Craig. So that reminded me of a, a previous guest, Craig, that we had. And uh -huh. he also he's not from New York, but he goes to New York uh, pretty frequently. And he talked about Ground Zero and how there's a ton of like spirits that are just still, you know, kind of lost or hanging around there. Like, have you ever gone and experienced anything? Well, there? I was there when it happened. Um uh -huh. You know, that's a whole story in itself, but it took a long time for me to go back there. And um, that was one of my concerns is like, would I, would I feel overwhelmed with yeah. 
But instead, I think that I was too overwhelmed with my own process that I still was dealing with. Um, And me and my my best friend who both of us like walked across the bridge to get out of Manhattan that day, we we shared the experience that day. And um, so we both went together. And the only reason why we went, because we were avoiding it, we didn't want to do it, but my parents had come to visit and they wanted to go see it. And so I was like, well, if there's any justification for going, it's to be, you know, with my parents and check it out. And, and I did not see a single thing out of the ordinary for me because I was just too much in my own grief and like, yeah, processing. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tune in at all to that. I feel like I wouldn't want to. <laughs> like, just yeah, feel like... I, but you know, I don't feel. I I do. I would have. I think I would have felt like, oh, they're here. I need to ignore it. But I. I don't know if I was just so caught up in it, I didn't get that hint at all, gotcha. or if it's just more of like by the time I went down there, it's not like everybody's like gone or like yeah. you know they've they're doing their own thing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't have that ex- anything paranormal. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, boring. A boring oh, old no, no, just no. grief grief stricken visit. That was all. Uh, no. Yeah, no. I mean, that's you know. But I, I I would imagine something like that would would block kind of block you up anyway. No, you're so like in your own like grief and stuff or pro- processing what what happened to you that you're not able to really focus. Because, like, you know, like I've mentioned, a lot of times when stuff happens to like either one of us, it's just it's when we're just completely it's quiet. There's nothing going on. You know, it's either when I'm in bed or like I said, when I'm dozing off on the couch or at, you know, at a table or something doing work, you know, something like where I'm starting to get just like my mind's kind of closing down, shutting down, but opening up, I guess, you know, Mm -hmm. and like when you're in that process of grief and stuff, you like, you just have everything, like your wheels are turning and you don't have any more processing power for anything. Right. Exactly. It was very much like that. Well, how did you find, or get, I guess, get into the Michael teachings? Well, uh, no, I have 20 questions, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I guess I'll start with that. And then I'll ask uh, another one. I'm just trying okay. to figure out like, which one is like the better question. No, let me go with this other question. Okay. <laughs> and okay. then it, it'll lead into Michael. Um, but so how did you, uh, I know that you mentioned your, your grandmother kind of like helped you with, with some of this stuff, but channeling, like what, how did you get into channeling specifically? Like the Michael, Michael, right? It was just. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Well, over time and after, you know, years of like, oh, I guess I can structure my communication. Then I, I started learning about guides and that we all have guides. And so I was like, well, I want to meet my my guide. And so I tuned in and was like, do I have a guide? And I had a few pop up and um, there was a few. Some of them stayed, some of them left, but the one who stayed the longest was a. I called him Guide because I didn't like all the <laughs> New Age airy fairy stuff. So I was yeah. like, "Well, I'll just call you Guide, but spelled with a Y." There you so, go. <laughs> so, you know, we had to have a little flair. Yeah. But um, so Guide, I started focusing on just sitting, you know, just quietly and asking questions, and then writing down responses. 
And so I started getting, um, I, I kept a journal for two years where I was receiving information from guide and I got all this information about priests and warriors and kings and scholars and old souls and young souls and all this terminology. And I took it literally. I thought it meant like, oh, someone was a priest in a past life. Someone was a king in a past life. So anyway, I had this journal I'd been keeping for two years. And a, uh, at about around the two-year two mark, a guide said, well, it's time for me to go because you're opening up to a larger source of information. And I was like, oh, I don't, I didn't know what that meant. So I just let it go in the back burner. But in the week after um, getting that information, I had my friend, Michelle, she was my, my best friend at the time. <laughs> she, uh, I asked her if she would sit down with me at a Ouija board and just like, see what happened. So we sat down at the Ouija board and we were like, who's there? And we, I don't remember if we got a name. I don't think we did, but we asked a question and it spelled out some, some insight for her, but it wasn't really clear. And so I said out loud, like, well, I guess we're just going to have to have faith. Like, I don't remember what the context was, but I said, I guess we're just going to have to have faith, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing that came through the board was uh, faith is a lie. It's blind acceptance in things you don't know to be true. Why wouldn't you uh, feel inclined to question so that you can know something along those lines? And it was like really clear and a very per like precise uh, sentencing. And I was like, oh, my God, we've contacted something <laughs> something horrible because faith had such a good reputation in the world. I was yeah. like, oh, it's saying faith is a lie. That can't be good. And then within that week, I went to an old bookstore like I always did. And I reached up for some book and my sleeve hooked a book and it knocked off this book. And, it, and when I tried to stumble to, or fumble to catch it, my hand chopped it open in the, in the middle of the book. And I was like, Oh, synchronicity. Let me, yes. see, you know how we are. Yeah. So I was like, I looked at the book and there was a sentence. Faith is a lie. It's blind oh. except. And I was like, wait, what? And I started flipping through. And that's when I saw all these references to Kings, priests, old souls, young souls, fifth level, sixth level. And all the terminology was there. And it was messages from Michael, the book. Oh, wow. That's and awesome. so I was like, oh my God, is this the is this yeah. the larger source of information I'm opening up to? So I like scrambled and tried to find a way to like reach whoever it was was channeling Michael. And um I scheduled an, a session with somebody who channeled Michael because Michael's not specific to any one channel or it's like a franchise. <laughs> so it's, so I was like uh I met with Holly Coleman love her so much she doesn't channel anymore but at the time she was perfect for me but I scheduled an appointment for her and at the time I didn't even have a phone in my home like I was just you know somebody new in the world and um so my first session with Michael through another channel was on a pay phone outside of a mall <laughs> outside of a mall and and so I was like if this is Michael they're gonna tell I mean if it's if this is the source that I'm opening up to I'm not going to say anything I didn't want to lead any questions I didn't want to like hint at it so within 
I'm going to say two minutes of Michael coming through and talking through Holly Coleman. Uh, Michael said, oh, <laughs> we've been waiting for you to remember. <laughs> we have agreements with you to work. We're the ones who are going to be working with you to blah, 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 blah. And the rest is history. Wow. So I started working, like look, working with Holly and she helped me like focus my skills. And that's how I became a channel. Your life reminds me so much of the matrix. I swear. <laughs> I feel, I feel he, like he was like Neo going to talk to Morpheus and then. Oh, that's you know. so funny. Even the phone. Yeah. So for me, the reason why I think all those things happen is because I'm in here. I'm, I don't like the whole new age um, culture. I don't like all of the sort of the blind willingness to, to accept anything just because it's cool and paranormal and stuff. I really like the questioning and the validation and I love proof. I know it can't always be proven, but I love things that have tangible like uh, impact. So when I was, opening up to this, all these things happened in a way that made me go something significant is happening here. Mm-hmm. That is not just me like reading into it. So it had to be really clear like that for me to take it seriously. Yeah. And that's why I stayed with it because I thought I'm going to at least explore it and see what happens and then judge it after. And that's it's been good ever since. Since that's 1988. Awesome. That's crazy. Well, the year and, I and, came into this world. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, really? Yeah. How funny. <laughs> yeah. Michael wow. teaching Zarek. No, I, I do I do want to I feel like I have to now, especially having had two guests on, like I want to read that book and and learn more about it. But um maybe I mean become a channel. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't <gasps> know if I'm <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for that. Join the franchise. We have All a right, starter package for you. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I really do love, well, I think you actually answered one of our questions that we usually ask at the end, but Ooh. maybe we'll ask it now. But um, the, I, I, I'm, my favorite thing is synchronicities. So something like that, like something as big as like, you know, it hooking onto your sleeve and it just like falls, <laughs> right? It's like, right. Like, how can you deny that? Like, how can you, like, it's it's literally right in front of you. Um, so that, that's pretty awesome. I mean, I feel like I'd probably go the same, same route and be like, all yeah. right, it's there. Like I can't, I feel like that, that that's what a lot of people, uh, cause I know Michelle has talked to me about this before, as far as like with the angels, like Michael and Raphael and, and all these angels is that when we've talked about like trying to get answers from them or asking them questions or asking for them to, help us and stuff like that it's not necessarily that they're gonna like for example do the healing for you they could be dropping a like uh um like i don't know you randomly open a website and there's like something that you can read up on an illness or something like that or like with the book like they'll drop a book and it could be that it lands on a page where you see okay here's the answer and it's like oh my god or you read into it a little bit more and you find the answer that you were looking for. It's not that they're going to do it for you, but they're they're putting these messages or these answers in front of you and uh, to help guide you along. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, just to be clear, we know that like Michael isn't like Archangel yes. Michael. Like, Thank you. I was like, first, let me yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. that's clear. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. 
And um, it just like happened that we said Michael and then he said Archangel Michael. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. let's just clarify that it's two different right. things, not the same thing. Again, uh, listen to what like Christian also kind of explained, but if you want to also kind of explain what um, what is Michael or who is Michael? Oh, is? well, okay. So Michael teaches that uh, we basically, you know, come into our incarnations with a group. We start off with a little family and those are called entities and they're about a thousand fragments they call us fragments because we're all part of something bigger so they like you know using these words like that so each entity has about a thousand fragments and so michael is basically a a reunited family of consciousness um who's already gone through all their incarnations have already gone through the astral plane and now reside on what they refer to as the causal plane and part of the Part of the emphasis on the causal plane is to teach and also to learn how to access the Akashic records, how to read them and interpret them. And so as part of their evolution as an entity, they teach from the causal plane through channels. And there's lots of entities there, obviously, and they all teach in some way, in a lot of different ways. Like some some entities are more moving centered. So like dance troops will actually be part of the students body for like an entity teaching about motion and movement and art in that form. But Michael's very intellectually oriented. And so it's very verbal and, you know, information oriented. So Michael's a, yeah, just like a family who's been reunited and teaching what they've learned from their lives. And they do not claim to know everything. They don't claim to have all the answers, but they've had experience from all their incarnations. And that's what they use to help inform us so that we can make better choices. And so their whole premise is that we're here to learn how to choose and to choose how to learn. And so there's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of the teachings is, is hinged on our capacity to take responsibility for our choices and realize that a lot of our choices is what creates our experiences. And, and so the more we, consciously choose things the more we can consciously consciously create our lives so yeah that's michael i like that and the only reason why they're called michael is because like i said they're all fragments and when somebody pressed them for a name they said well the last you know the straggling one that was last to to die was named michael so we'll just go by that nice easy (laughs) reference Awesome. Okay. And this is a perfect clarification. Not Archangel Michael, totally yes. different. So just one more time. <laughs> we just happened to talk about or Eric having to bring him up. Now yeah. we'll tell you a little bit tidbit about Archangels. If you want, yes. if you want, yes. this is from, from Michael's teaching. Michael says, tries to give, you can ask them anything. It's amazing. I love it so much. We get so much information that we never thought we could. And a lot of it uh, is verifiable and, you know, has tangible impact. Like I said, it's got to mean something. But some of it is just speculation, like theories. Like we just put it in that area of, well, it could be. So one of the ways they, they've talked about archangels is that that uh, we create these templates, like archetypal templates. And so we've got like Archangel Michael. And that's like this template that's always going to exist because it's a part of, you know, some people's, it's important to some people as a, a force in the world, but it's, it's like a, 
a template that has other souls like group up and work through to connect with people. So it's not like an actual one person thing, like Archangel Michael isn't actually like an Archangel Michael, but a sort of a, a, a past, a, I don't know what the, the right word of? would be. A what? Or like a group of like entities yeah, that like, are like. Like souls who want to be helpful. They're like, well, let's, let's work through the Archangel Michael path because people yeah. are really receptive to that. So all yeah. these souls who want to be like guides who help people and and if somebody's open up to Archangel Michael, they don't have to worry about like connecting to all these other souls. The souls have a path right to them. And so it's those I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at these archetypal spiritual forces in the world that um may not be actually like gods or you know angels, but personas that other spirits and individuals help us through. Yeah. What do you think about that? I don't know. I guess I feel like a little more, like maybe we're a little more connected to it because like we we're born and raised Catholic. So oh, yeah, like so as, to say as, we're as much. No, no, no. I was Catholic, gonna say as as just... as much as we kind of like. I'm not like a huge fan of just religion in general, like rules and stuff like that, right? But it's right. still very much, I think, embedded in who we are as people because that's how we we're like you know raised essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. To, to hear you know like what you had to say is like you know entity i'm like yeah that's fine too you know what i mean like i'm yeah, not yeah. like how dare you oh, <laughs> I'm like, good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, oh no. good yeah yeah like it's like yeah okay i can i can well, see that. like as long it's as the it's the same not- for deities too like there's yeah. so many deities and they just act as these conduits for for you know uh you know essences or or spirits or whatever to work with people in a way that they're receptive it, yeah it seems to make some sense yeah, yeah i mean it, what i've i was just gonna say what, what i've always said about religion is like I, I i have my own personal issues with you know just organized religion period um but i don't like for me personally i don't care if somebody has a certain faith or believes a certain thing as as my only yeah, exactly that. As long as as what you believe, you know, you know, you're not trying to push on other people or trying to, you know, or hurting other people with what you believe. Weaponized, then, right? Yeah. Yes. Which unfortunately is what I feel like a lot of religions now are, are like they do. Like they feel they feel attacked, so then they go on the offensive and they start attacking people, or they try and make rules, and then when people don't agree with what they are trying to do then they say oh well you're attacking my faith it's like no i'm just don't want you to put your rules on me because i don't believe what you believe you know what i mean well that's a nice segue into an interesting part of the teachings that talks about soul ages and if there is reincarnation if there is such a thing as reincarnation and that we're evolving as individual consciousness you know throughout all these lives then there must be a progression right so if there's a progression, then there's got to be new, you know, souls that are totally new to being in bodies. And then there's souls that are kind of like getting their, you know, legs under them and able to to function. And so and then, you know, progressing all the way up to old souls. And so as souls progress through these, they require certain um, experiences as part of their evolution. And one of those stages is called the baby souls. It's uh, after the infant souls and baby souls really uh, they learn through order. Everything has to be um, uh, there's 
structure, order. And so out of baby souls, out of baby soul era of our evolution as, as humanity came religions, because what better way to get people organized and focused and in control, but through a religion that has an authority <laughs> that tells them what they should and shouldn't do. And there's a, there's a lot of emphasis on reward and punishment and so on. But as people progress, those the, the, the seeds of those teachings, like for instance, Christianity is, you know, love one another, like it's very simple. Then as you progress in your soul age, it's not, you don't have to discard the teachings that came with all of that stuff that you don't need anymore. And so you can carry forward, um, you know, that, that core of, of your religion. And if it's just love one another, that's all that matters. And so old souls will still take those things from other teachings, but they don't need all of that structure and rules and rewards and punishment and fear, but baby souls love it. They love it. So I have a question. I mean, so then the, the the age of a person doesn't determine whether like, so like my sister and I, or my sister, like, or my wife and I, we could all be old souls in comparison to our parents, for example, right. if they still like are very like, you know, religion, this and that, they could still be baby souls in that sense. Totally. Because, um, they're population wise, old souls, maybe be make up like 5%. And, uh, so a lot of times we're, we're born to like all kinds of people. <laughs> so a lot of times in order for us to like, as part of our own evolution, old souls teach, like we don't just, just, you know, get a rest. We don't, yeah. we don't, we like to have those lifetimes where we can just like relax, but those are rare. So we usually end up, uh, born into circumstances or into with people who could use us as a force in their life to help them evolve too. Mm-hmm. And also, as you become an old soul, you don't leave the other stuff behind. So you learn how to to relate to everything you've ever been before. So you've been an infant soul. You've been a baby soul. You've been a young soul. So you don't avoid those people and you don't stay away from them. You just learn how to speak their language because you're more experienced than they are in terms of, you know, lifetimes. But um, you're not better than them. You ha- you're not like at a higher tier or anything. So you never just you know, you can have baby soul parents and get along just fine because you learn how to communicate, but they're going to have a very different perspective of the world than you. Yeah. And you'll probably find yourself being the one who has to understand them more than they can understand you. Yeah. Yeah. I know that like I've, or I will ask my mom like, Oh, like we were brats, right? She's like, no, like since the day you guys were born, you're just super chill, like very, <laughs> Like you'd done this before already. And I was like, oh. pretty sure we have. <laughs> but That's cool. yeah. And I was and like, we together. had to have. Yeah. And together. Yeah. That's but, nice. uh, but yeah. So apparently we've done this before. I was like, all right. But I I'm mean, not sure you have. And, and not to say that we're like, oh, we're old souls or like, uh, you know, whatever. But just, yeah. From things we've before, heard from people, from stuff people have told us. Like, that's kind of like. You know, we've done this a few times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Definitely. But understanding the soul ages is really fascinating because then you can look at these world um, contrib- the things that each soul age has contributed to the to the fabric of humanity, like baby souls pr- brought in all the stuff that has to do with order, you know, like police forces and and libraries and, um, uh, you know law and order and 
and religions. And so there was all these positive sides of them that we have to remember was there <laughs> and, and then try to like fix all the stuff that became broken over the years when the young souls came along and exploited it because <laughs> yeah. young souls like to have power and control. And like, it's a very different dynamic for young souls because they have a different lessons, all the different lessons that they're learning. And so, and then that, now we're moving into a mature soul age where the emphasis is about how can we do this together? There's you and me, and I know how you feel. So everything is about relating to each other. And we're starting to see a breakdown in all kinds of systemic issues in the world that we've been ignoring for a long time because young souls were in control. Now mature souls are stepping up and going like, hey, we got to start thinking of each other. We got to start paying attention to how our actions affect other people and it's really beautiful to see that paradigm shift. Yeah. It's like beautiful and like horrible at the same time. It's, it's just like, it's oh. really like I know we're like moving towards something wonderful, but it's just yeah. like that work is just the growing. Pain. Pain. We yeah. are at the yeah. very beginning of it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. I know. But you're part of it. I mean, this having conversations like this with people who don't get to have these conversations or to be validated for their experiences, this is part of that movement. Yeah. Have you heard about how, or if this come up, like how the children that are coming into this world, I guess now, like the younger children are just like already like hardwired, like it's much easier for them to like, I guess, be connected versus like us older generations where we're like struggling to like get there or even older generations than us. Like it's even harder for them. And like these young kids are just like, yeah we all love each other or like we're like they're trying to teach us like okay we have to like get rid of all this crap have you have you heard that at all well i mean that ties in with what's called imprinting and there's cultural imprinting there's uh parental imprinting and that's like somebody else's ideas about what the world is and so if we're born into a world that's teaching us like you need to you know success and have ambition and and uh be independent and be an individual and and, you know, me first, then we, it doesn't matter how evolved we are, we're, we still have to work through all of that pressure to be like these individual con self-contained um, beings. And then it causes all this disconnect and distance between us. But because of this paradigm shift where there's an emphasis now on like, we need to start thinking about each other and the environment and the animals and all of this. So kids who are being raised in that, have a very different world that they're seeing right away, immediately. Yeah. So, yeah. And plus Soul Age, you know, there's like packs of old souls coming back and hanging out and helping contribute to the shift. So, yeah. 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 I've heard it's like they're coming in to like raise our vibrations because like they're so low and they're, I'm like, but I mean, I feel like kids in general just are magical little creatures, but I just love children too. So maybe that's why I think that. <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I Hanging out with a kid usually... I guess it depends on the kid like helps me like slow down and like mm -hmm. see like the little things that it maybe I didn't appreciate, like stop and smell the roses basically. Um, so that's why I like hanging out with kids, but <laughs> yeah, I love kids too. And it, it, if they're left to their own devices, like to, to remember themselves on their own yeah. terms, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. But when parents, parents or culture or society starts beating that out of them, yeah. it's, it's horrible, horrible to watch yeah. or to see what they become. Uh, that's true too I, I actually forgot this is like trying to go back to like what we talked about like 15 minutes ago but you had <laughs> talked about a Ouija board and 
So one of the questions that we always try to ask our guests, I feel like we have missed it like the last couple of times, Eric. I but, think we like completely didn't. Yeah, we haven't done it in a while. We haven't done it in a while. But um, so one of the things that we like to ask our guests is. Um, well, hold on. Uh, I feel like we've only ever brought it up when somebody mentions it. So it because so we remember, funny. but we remember <laughs> right. But because so then that actually ends up tipping uh, the whole the scale. You know, Whatever, yeah. you're still ahead. You're still ahead. Okay. <laughs> You're still winning. But the question, the other second question that we usually ask is, um, would you use a Ouija board? Which technically you already said you did, but so I'll ask kind of differently. Would you do it again? Yes. But as a channel who has moved in a direction of relationship to, you know, communication in that way, going to a Ouija board is like going back to dial up. Okay. <laughs> It is so slow. Yeah. And it's such a different dynamic. Um, Yeah, but I would do it. It's no big deal to me, but it is very slow. And um, that's the best way we were talking about earlier, the analogies with digital stuff. It's like, it's like dial up compared to, to the way, you know, cutting out the the Ouija board in between and just listening. Because Eric and I have, like, I, I have never used a Ouija board, but I would not be opposed to it. And Eric is like super anti, like never wants to. Oh, really? I have used a Ouija board, but not like. But no, that doesn't count. You didn't actually. You just started like. You were a child and you didn't know what you were doing. But like to genuinely like try and like connect to something. But because like for me in my eyes, I'm like, it's like using, you know, a pendulum or a tarot card. It's it's a form of divination. And as long as you know, like what you're doing and, you you know, salt, salt circle. (laughs) But like <laughs> right? for, forms of protection, you know, to to keep the 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 bad stuff out, like then it's okay if you know what oh, you're it's doing. Totally fine you know, because it's you're there. It doesn't work the way people think it does. It's not like something's pushing that planchette on its own, uh, at, at least most of the time. But it's more like you are letting yourself flow. Like you're 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 in a receptive state, and you start moving that thing. But it's intuitive. Like there's just this un- unconscious guidance that happens that can start spelling things and start getting information. And the clearer that flow is, the more ac- you know, more uh, clear the information is. But there's, and that's one of the reasons why people think it's dangerous is because when you go into that state, um, it sort of makes you vulnerable, like opens you up, and. I think it's not so much about other spirits like coming in and bothering you, but about opening up to fears that you're already carrying. And people sometimes identify fears that come up with them within themselves as something else causing it when it was there all along. Like you may have been taught by religion to be afraid of these things. And so you're like, Oh, but it's just, it's just because you've opened up to it as part of the flow of working with the board. And so there's, there's definitely, uh, and it's important to feel safe just, yeah. you know, for, for whatever reasons, just to feel safe so that you don't um, feel like you're going to be invaded or anything like that. I've never known anybody to be possessed from a Ouija board or. Yeah. Or, and, and and that's my danger. thing is, is just the, because of the stigma that it has, again, we were raised Catholic. So that, that was always something that was brought up. And, and recently I'm not going to say who or anything like that, but I had one of the image, like one of the shirts that we have is a planchette with some fun little images on inside that Michelle designed. And I was wearing the shirt and, and this 
uh, you know, somebody made a comment about, oh, how that's bad. And then I told Michelle, I was like, oh, my God, I almost defended a Ouija board. You know what I mean? <laughs> but and it's because it's and, and I'm going to be honest with you. It's because of of, of everybody who is so um, open to using it, like like you, for example, and other people that we've had on the podcast who have talked about it and, and they talk about it the way Michelle does. I still don't know if I would do it myself, but I don't, I I guess I don't, my mind's opening up a little more to like, you know, this isn't, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So when they, when they started telling me this, I was kind of like, I almost started to defend myself, but I, I stopped myself and, and I just, I was going to go to another area where there was going to be a lot of people who I felt might've thought the same way. So I kind of just, buttoned up my jacket a little bit so nobody else you know saw it and and yeah so well um, let me ask you this are you afraid of ink pens no (laughs) no i mean i was like are you afraid of being demonically possessed by by using a pen well it's very similar (laughs) i'm not trying to be silly Uh it really is just a slow motion version of spelling Mm -hmm. and if you if you are a person who's willing to sit down like quietly and connect to yourself and ask a question and then just start like writing your creative answers out. Mm-hmm. That's really no different than what's happening with the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just saying like you, yeah. if you can start to like think about it differently and right. get rid of all of that baggage that's been put out there because the, one of the reasons why it's so much stigma is attached to is because religion in particular Christianity likes to associate Anything that's not theirs with something bad. It's a right. demon. So it's always like, a demon. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, pagans and, you know, people who were, re- who trusted in oracles and all of these other others um, were demonized. And so that's where it came from. You know, the religion telling you like, don't do that. Yeah. I, I also don't know if it, it's because of the reaction my grandfather had when I, he did see me with the, you know, the board oh. and moving the planchette around. Like it was, it was his and he was into a lot of very dark stuff. And so I, I'm assuming that he was using it for things, you know, dark things. You know, or something. I don't know. But when he saw me, you know, messing with it, when he walked in, he was very upset. So I don't know if that kind of like, I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's that's the like, imprinting. Yeah, All right, dude, I'll leave it alone. Then, like, I don't think in the moment I was terrified of it, but like, just his reaction was kind of like, oh, sh- okay, I right, shouldn't I'll be playing with this. It. It shouldn't be. So yeah. then I left, and then I guess that's what stayed in my head. You know, yeah, that stuck with thing. you. You have to unpack that. Yeah. Have your new experiences. Let them be your own, not somebody else's. Yeah. Let me have an experience with you, Eric. So there can you go. Wonderful. <laughs> let's um, let's have somebody who's actually used one before. Right, right, you know. right. You're probably right. <laughs> well, um, so you're talking about ballpoint pens. It's, would you <laughs> would you say that channeling is similar to automatic writing, or is there a difference, or is it the same thing? Well, there's a difference in that automatic writing. Um, you know, it, it, it's an umbrella term. Like you could be automatic writing, just poetry. Like you're just writing creatively. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who do automatic writing where they're talking to the dead. Gotcha. And then there's automatic writing where I'm tuning into Michael and I'm getting information and I'm writing it down as I hear it. So there's like all kinds of different ways automatic writing can show up. And I think it even translates into I would say 90% of my channeling now happens at the keyboard. Mm-hmm. All my, my clients uh, meet in a chat room um, because 
it is so much faster and easier for me uh, that my strength is to just get out of the way and and let the information come through and it I it's all typed out like I don't mm. have I can even watch like a TV show and I'll in a the information that is still happening like through my body oh, wow. I don't know how it works um or I can just tune out and have my own conversations with with Michael parallel to the conversation they're having with through the keyboard with somebody else so there yeah channeling can happen in a lot of different ways and one of those ways is automatic writing or automatic typing. It's not really automatic. I don't know how it's, it's not really automatic, but there's a flow that happens. That's just, you're just out of the way and it's happening. It's incredible. I mean, I I feel like, you know, you you mentioned poetry. I I definitely feel like artists too, or at least like when I'm painting, I'm just like not even here. (laughs) Like I don't know where I'm at. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, look, I painted a thing. Five hours later. Yeah. No, really. Sometimes I'm like, it's like time, uh, uh, time just passes or it's like missing mm-hmm. time. I'm like, oh shit, it's already like three, five well, hours. Well, that's what I tell people. Like when people say, how do you know you're really channeling like an entity? And I tell them I don't that over the years I've learned to trust the consistency and the evidence has been there for me on a personal level. But ultimately I don't know if it's some sort of create, like, am I just accessing a, a a walled off part of my consciousness? That's the same thing that anybody would do when they're being creative. Mm-hmm. I always say that being creative is very similar to, to channeling because there's a, there's an art to it. It's not, um, you know, it's something you can just sit down and do. It's just, it's developed over time. And there's a, there's a flow to it. That's very similar to any other art. And I've always, I don't know, like, I can't definitively say for sure. So I've always been open to like, well, if it's a, some genius <laughs> creative part of my brain, even that is fascinating yeah, to me. Yeah. So I've always been open to that because I read a lot of Jane Roberts. Do you know Jane Roberts and know. Seth? Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. <laughs> Jane Roberts was my muse. Uh, she, she channeled an entity named Seth and her work is documented. You'll find if you do a search for her, you'll find it. But one of her her approaches to it was some of the things that happened were so extraordinary, and some of the information that came through was so extraordinary that she learned to get out of the way and judge it later. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've learned to do with it too. Like I may have questions and skepticism, but if the information is consistently coming through in a way that's meaningful, beneficial, and able to be validated it's i'm just going to keep going and that's yeah. that's why i've been doing it since 1988 <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how did you guys get this kind of like the channels out back then i mean before the internet you know like because i now we have the internet it's so easy to just put them out there yeah it's and this has been going on since way before so how, how did you guys do that before well, there's something that Michael calls agreements that we make with each other and negotiate like on an essence level uh, all the time with people. And so people who didn't have the Internet back then would just be, uh, you know, attract their agreements to them. So if Michael was coming through a medium back then, then the students who were working with them would just find their way to them. There was no advertisements. They would just stumble upon them or be in the circle of people that were already in contact and it would just grow and grow and people would have 
this experience of when they heard the information, this feeling of, oh, this is, it's so strange that it's all new information, but it feels like I'm remembering it. Like there's not, there's something really validating about finding a teaching that's putting into words what you already knew. And that's what a lot of people find when they're fulfilling their agreements with Michael. So even with the internet, it doesn't, we're not marketing. We're not like putting out ads or anything like that. In fact, there was a few people in the community who was like, how are we going to get this out there to more people? And I was like, we don't have to worry about that because people find it because yeah. they're looking for it. People who are searching for for information that's relevant to them at that point in their life, they find, find Michael and they stick around and learn from them. So yeah, over the years after the books were published and more people got exposed to it then, then people just fast formed their little groups locally. And then over time, the internet came and it's just, you know, been growing ever since and very organically and slowly. It's never been something like a big, you know, sensational thing like, uh, who's that? Abraham or is it Abraham? It sounds familiar. But- uh, Abraham Hicks, um, who channels the, you know, create your own reality, all that, you know, mm. I don't remember what it's called. But yeah. yeah. No. Oh, I mean, you said Abraham and I'm like, that sounds weird, Abraham Hicks is, is her name. Is guy. Yeah. Some of it blows up and got really big during the eighties and nineties, but yeah, Michael was always like under the radar, low key. Well, it, it, you mentioned the whole, like people like remember their agreements or and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like I, it, I said it in Christian's episode too, when I, you know, he first reached out, I'm like, okay, well, let me like Google like what these Michael teachings are. And I was just like, (laughs) I've been here, but I've been to this site before. I've read this before. Like, I'm like, I don't know how or why I would have made my way to this. Cause in my mind, Christian mentioning the Michael teachings, that was the first time I had heard about it. So it was like funny. He's like, yes, a lot of people, they just remember that. Yeah, I was like, okay, I guess. But I was like, I don't know how or when, but it was definitely before before even this podcast had started. Um, Wow. I don't know if I actually made my way there or or why it was so familiar (laughs) or or what, but it was interesting to kind of read it and have it be familiar i guess did that even answer your question eric i just realized i might not have answered your question i don't even remember what my question was how did it get out there like before the internet? oh yeah 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 yeah. okay yeah spot on (laughs) like um yeah that that was perfect yeah because agreements are things that people do all the time there's like there's actually specific like titles for all these different agreements people can have but it's kind of like the same thing as saying hey i'm gonna meet you at seven o'clock at the you know the the diner on the corner so they're non-binding like you just make agreements with each other and and hopefully they're fulfilled but they're not you're not obligated so a lot of agreements have to get renegotiated they have to get like up recalibrated or sometimes they get abdicated they just get canceled altogether and the interesting thing is when the pandemic hit We'd, I'd never heard this from Michael before, but all agreements were like on hold for like everybody. Everybody's agreements went into this limbo state. Everybody had to like renegotiate everything because oh, no. nobody was moving anymore. Yeah. Nobody was crossing paths. Nobody was like, I mean, they were, but you know, in general, relatively speaking, people had to rethink on an essence level, like how they're going to fulfill agreements. It's pretty fascinating. 
Yeah, and and I mean, I completely forgot my question because I'm just so like you're talking, and I'm yeah, like, and just like continue. Yeah, I'm literally <laughs> doing this, listening to what you're saying. <laughs> oh, I was afraid I was putting you to sleep. No, 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 not at all. Like, and the thing is, like, um, which is something Christian did as well. Uh, that he, you know, y'all are you're, you're dumb. You, I not that you're doing it intentionally, but like I feel like I'm understanding, you know, what you guys are. are Saying? You're gonna say you're dumbing it down, but yeah, then yeah. you went to like backtrack to say it, <laughs> try and say it a better way, which I totally get what you're trying. Like, it's e- it's easy to digest. Yeah, like, it's not like too like over your head kind of mm-hmm. like I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. Well, that's one of the appeals of it. I think there's some elements of it that are like take some thought and really like sit with it and stuff. But a lot of it is so immediately applicable. Like I'm going to send both of you your your essence of personality profiles. I would have had them ready today, but I didn't. But I'm going to send you your essence of personality profiles, and then you can like read up on yourselves and yeah. see what you think of it. And at least you'll have like this little reference point for you to be like, oh wow, yeah, my attitude is this, and that's why I see the world this way. It's just it's I feel like the Michael teachings is more like this map, and it doesn't replace the terrain. Like it can't it can't replace your experiences that you're having in life, but it can help you put them into perspective. And it's really beautiful to do that. Even like yourself, like you're way more than anything could, you know, any like astrology could describe or numerology or, or an essence and personality profile, but having the terminology to describe like these parts of you that are so familiar to you, but never had a description. It's really beautiful. I love it. Yeah, that would be exciting because I, I do remember reading about like those personality yeah. and everything. And I was like, I yeah, it'd be really great to have that. I would love to read into that. Well, yeah. and, I, and I know a lot of people like are so like, oh, you know, astrology or, you know, they scoff at those kinds of things. But and maybe it is people just like, like they read and they're like, oh, yeah, that's totally me. And sometimes it's not <laughs> even them. But like, you know, with that little meme that that we I don't know if we posted it, but that we read on here about like, oh, the Aquarius or this and oh, yeah, you know, yeah. the Capricorns, you know, they're able to see this or do this and stuff like that. Like one of our listeners even messaged us. He was like, he goes, oh, my God, remember what I talked to you about on on, on the episode? And and his thing was astro- like in his for his um, what's it called? His Zodiac strong. sign. Yeah, it was um, astral projection. And in his episode, like I said, he hadn't heard or seen this meme before, but in his episode, he talked a lot about astral projecting. So I was like, oh, wow, this is, is kind of crazy. And oh, Aquarius is, yeah. And Aquarius is, it did talk about, you know, um, being able to see things. Yeah, more more seeing things. And Michelle's, the Capricorns was more Medium, of like feeling. Sure. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there is something something to these things. I don't think it's just all a bunch of baloney, you know? Well, if, especially when you start looking at it from a very different place than the way it's always been, like, given to us in the, I, I don't know, in the osmosis that happens of, for just being alive and exposed to it. But astrology, most of what people think of as astrology is just newspaper astrology or, like, yeah. sun sign astrology. Yeah. They don't really delve deeper. And there are all these components and and math that's a part of what actual astrology is. And also, it's not about these forces that are like controlling you or affecting you in certain ways. It's more like a map that we've learned from ancient times to use as a reflection of our, 
our consciousness. So it's not like you're looking at this machine that's controlling things as much as it is looking at this universe that we live in and finding reflections of ourselves in it. And astrology has really refined that in a beautiful way so that these planets represent different things. And so sometimes, you know, it'll be vague and broad for some people, but when you get your actual astrology uh, chart done and somebody like really goes through the math of it, the details in it can be really astounding. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a huge eye opener for me because it was always like sun sign, right? Like that's like your main one. But then once I learned about the moon and then like uh, you're rising and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now that makes a lot more sense. Those three it's are really a lot more good to, to to get a better picture of who you are. Yeah. The sun sign. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like even more to that. Oh, and yeah. yeah. But. <laughs> and then you've yeah. got your houses, and you've got your your uh, angles, and all yes. kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a lot. I it always is. like want to try and like get into it. I'm just like, and that's over my head. <laughs> like it's too much. Well, that's yeah. why people end up with just reading in the newspaper. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's true. I think that's what astrology is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do you have any other super spooky things that have happened to you that you'd like to share? I do. I have many, but I'm yeah. going to tell you one that was in the same house where I was being visited by my grandmother, but, um, there was a time when we lived in this house and there were every night we got so used to it that it was just pretty much ignored. But every night there would be these sounds around three in the morning where we would hear like a rocking sound, almost like a rocking chair. And then a little whimper, like a dog whimper and then footsteps and they would move through the house and we could hear like the floorboards creak you know it sounded like that and this went on for a long time but one night my mother uh heard them and sat up in bed and said to my dad what what are, what do you think this is like why does this keep happening why are we hearing this every night? And my dad was like, well, we've lived with it this long. You might as well just go to sleep. Like, I don't have an answer right now. So the next morning we got up, uh, well, I woke up to the screams of my mom because somebody had broken into our house and climbed in uh, the laundry room over the dryer, left mud prints that walked through the entire house up to their bedroom door and then went back out the window. And it turns out uh, that some criminal had been uh, on the run and was looking for some place to hide, broke into our house. And because my mom sat up that night and said, what do you think this It's They realized that my parents were awake and left the house. They caught the guy like two places down in a barn (laughs) After that night, no more sounds, nothing at all. It was like all that happened just to get her to that point to be sitting up because if she had been asleep, he might've gone like I hid in the closet or like stayed in there in a way that could have put us in danger. But it was an actual person that we were hearing. I don't know what it was that was giving us this little warning, but that's 
one of my spooky ones. What? That's crazy. Yeah, because it's like a haunting that ended up like helping you. Right. It's right? not just like a creepy haunting. That's awesome. I love that. I don't think yeah. you've ever had a, a story like that. But it was like chilling that. to see those footprints or those mud prints like all through uh, the house. Like it's literally those paranormal. footsteps had always happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's like paranormal and true crime like together. <laughs> it's, like... <laughs> it's the best combination right there. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That was... Oh, no. Wow, Eric, that was awesome. you, okay. Sometimes, Eric, you freeze like you. I mean, I guess I do it too, but you have like a smile plastered on your face. So I'm like, he's frozen, but no, he's I just, just smiling. Love. I don't know. I just love hearing all this stuff, and it it's awesome. I mean, I love all things like paranormal, like ghosts, but then I love like cryptid stuff, and I also love like alien mm-hmm. stuff, and um, I feel like the more questions that I have, and the more digging I do, like it almost seems like everything is like connected and i've mentioned it before in the podcast where it's like everyone thinks it's like these separate things but it's all just like on the same spider web of like i agree you know what i mean it's all yeah. it's it is all connected somehow it just is in different forms maybe i guess or we think that it's aliens but maybe it's you know i don't know some spirits or we think it's spirits but it's or you know what i mean right like it's yeah yeah, it is. And I don't think it's all homogenous. Like, it's not like, oh, we think it's this and this and this, but it's all this. No, they're, they may be overlapping. There may be like aliens that show up and look like, you know, spirits or, uh, you know, cryptids that are actually aliens. I mean, like, there's all kinds of ways that can overlap. And to, to I think to separate them so you can focus on, you know, that certain area is good. But to think they're all separated is a bad idea because there's probably a lot of overlap. And so I, I, I like that idea of it being like a spider web, too. There's there's okay. connections. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like speaking like I guess, yeah, going into that, have you ever had an experience where you're like, that's alien or that, you know, or that it could go either way or that you're just completely not sure like what that could have been? Um. I'm going to say no, as far as aliens, I, I have had experiences where I feel like I'm having some sort of connection. Like, uh, see, when I was talking about feeling like uncomfortable, I'm, I've been doing this for years. It's my thing. And I still feel embarrassed sharing things that like are more private and personal that I've experienced that I haven't been able to explain but there was there was a period of time where I was trying to make contact. I was like, well, if there's spirits here, they must be on other planets too. And so I reached out in my consciousness to um, look for somebody, and I found a connection with somebody or somebody or a consciousness that claimed to be on another planet who of people who were practicing remote viewing. <laughs> and so I was connecting with it and it was very brief. It was very, cause I was like, I, this is probably my imagination and I could go into all that, but that's the closest I've ever come to a feeling like I've, like I've had alien contact um, because it was so unique. Like he's, they tried to explain what their planet was like. And it was like this, this um, really rusty red planet and the, the vocalizations, their way they communicated, their, uh, he said that his language would sound like bra- breaking glass to us. And so like all of that was really fascinating to me, but I, that's, I didn't follow through for any length of time. But yeah, so, so I Mars. guess as far as like the way it connects is um, 
is that we think of spirits as stuff being here, but we forget that like, oh, there's, you know, if we're able to communicate with the dead across dimensions, why wouldn't we be able to communicate with consciousness that's in the same dimension, but on another planet? Like, so yeah. Well, I mean, if a little boy could astral project. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, yeah, for sure. No, and and I've I've heard that same like mentality of like, well, yeah, if there's spirits here on Earth, or, I mean, because then you can also say like, what's well, all energy, right? So why isn't there energy and or consciousness um, on other planets and stuff like that? So I, I mean, I've heard I've heard of people talking about other entities, I guess, on other planets, and some of it like all will seem out there, but it's like, well. I have never been on that planet before, so how do right, I know? Exactly, <laughs> like, I can't. Right? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, that's yeah. why I don't go there too much because the f- I we have a whole dedicated section of my community called Fringe and Wackadoodle <laughs> <I love laughs> because <it. laughs> there are people who want to ask Michael questions about the area I consider Fringe and Wackadoodle, where it's like if anybody was going to look at this, they're going to be like, okay, woohoo. These people are are losing their marbles. Um, but I don't, I'm not a gatekeeper. So I don't want to, to say like, I'm in charge of deciding what people can talk to Michael about. So I just was like, well, let's just put it over here. So that part of the community has evolved incredibly with documentation from Michael about like the origins of humanity and our history as a, as a human race and how we got here and, and our history that's not in recorded history. And it's so fun to watch over time some of the things that Michael talks about, like um, how long we've been here and all this stuff. And it starts to become showing up in archaeological evidence. Like who built so, the pyramids? Huh? Like who built the pyramids? Yeah, that's in there too. You don't even want to know. You don't even <laughs> want to go there. It's so out there. You'll Oh, God. So anyway, yeah, you can explore all that stuff there, but I'm just feel really uncomfortable with it. And so anything that can't be proven like immediately, like applicable, I'm like fringe and wackadoodle, but we're, we're it's it. still there because it's yeah. really cool to think about. It is. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's where I want to go for fun. Like, yeah, <laughs> you'll see a whole section of it. There's I'm like people first. are dedicating their like, all of their sessions to exploring like the origins of humankind. Like it's the, this huge projects people are working with Michael on. It's amazing. When I used to get into a relationship, there would be a point where I had to be like, okay, I need to share that this is what my brain does in this world. And I have, I would figure out a way to like share that with uh, my boyfriends at the time, but I would didn't like, uh, I just had to get to a place where I've trusted and felt safe to, to share it. Um, but I would always be like, try to figure out a way to prove it. Like, how can I, um, you know, get them in on it? So there's sometimes I'm be like, okay, there's somebody standing at the foot of the bed. Can you see them? And that didn't help at all. Like that was just, that, <laughs> that was too terrifying. But I did have uh, an experience where, uh, my boyfriend at the time was like, is there anybody in here now? And I was like, well, yeah, there's this person in the who's been crying in the corner for a while. I've uh, been here for like three days. And um, it, I think it was like three days. And 
so I was like, well, I can ask him like details. Like I can ask what his name is and how he died and stuff. And I don't remember those details now, but I remember at the time I asked and um, got the information from him. And then he, he was able to, or the, that because he had died so recently, um, his obituary showed up in the paper the next day oh, no. and we were able to con- connect the names. And that was, I never had to do anything to prove yeah. myself again after that because <laughs> it was there. And I was really surprised too, because I was like, well, I'll tell him the name and stuff. Maybe we'll be able to find it somehow. But um, yeah, it was right there, like super easy to find the next day in the paper. So it was like, everything was timed perfectly for me to get that across. Some of the spooky stuff that's happened is because I've had to, because I, I've learned to filter so much out, but when I bring it to um, somebody's attention, it's because it startled me in some way. Mm. And so one of my early reveals to Bobby was this man who kept coming in through my door in the apartment and looking around like he was lost. And he had like a worker uniform on and he had a big hole in his chest, like he'd been shot. Oh. And I was, I, I was like, he keeps coming back. I've got, to, I want to see if Bobby can see him or sense him mm-hmm. or something. And um, so I really looked hard for, for, for evidence that that was, you know, somebody had been shot or somebody had died from some sort of chest wound. I never found the evidence or proof for that, but those are the things that stand out for me because they're, they're creepy because they're creepy, yeah. but they're not like scary. They're not intentionally scaring me, but they do stand out because of the, you know, somebody walking into your bedroom with a hole, a hole in, in their chest. chest. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, that happens and, sometimes. And and that's always, I guess, why it's such a fear of mine to see something one of these days is because that's what I'm afraid of is like if there's any gore um, attached to it. Like if it's just a, a person and they just like passed away, it's fine. But if it's like a hole in their chest or like missing well, part of their face or whatever. I don't know if this helps, but it wasn't gory. It was just there, like a hole. Huh. Like there wasn't anything like leaking or, okay, okay. or like splattering or anything. It wasn't like in the like, sixth sense. Huh? Like in the sixth sense oh, where right. you that would was really see. really exaggerated. But yeah, yeah. That's, that happens though. Mm-hmm. That happens sometimes. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, ho- hopefully if I do see anything like that, then it's not like bloody like. Oh, well, here's the thing. Uh, Just some parting advice. If you're really interested in it, if you start to focus on that and and invite it, invite it on your terms. That's all you have to do. Like, I would like to have contact with, you know, a nice, friendly spirit who just wants to have a chat. And, you know, I would like some evidence left with me so I can, you know, feel like there's something real happened and invite them to like visit in a dream or something first. So you can like get to feel them out. Yeah. So you, it doesn't have to be random and or scary. Um, we wanted to give you an opportunity if uh, you want to promote anything or where people can go and find you websites, anything like that. Well, oh, I think the fastest and easiest way to, to, to look at our community, explore the Michael teachings, um, meet me or, or contact me is through truthloveenergy.com. The three building blocks of the universe, truth, I, love, and energy. I actually still have the website open. Ever since we talked to Christian, uh-huh. I have had the – I still <laughs> have the tab open right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mess. The webs, It's a community that's been collaborating and sharing all of their 
sessions and uh, freely over the years. And it's tons and tons and tons and tons of articles and, and pieces and lots to dive into, but it's messy. We're still trying to figure out how best to, to make it more uh, searchable and, and easier to digest, but it's there. It's all there. And that's where you can find it. Truthloveenergy.com. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I need to go to the wackadoodle section. There is a fringe and wackadoodle <laughs> session that probably a lot of people, a lot of your listeners will love. Awesome. Um, yeah. And we have like monthly uh, free uh, group sessions that people can jump in. And a lot of times there's open floor for, for Q and a from people who are there. And so, yeah, there's always, I never want finances to be a obstacle for anybody to have experiences with something as phenomenal as channeling as, as far as I'm concerned, it's phenomenal, but I don't, so there's all kinds of free stuff for everybody. Like everything on the site is free too. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Definitely have to check that out. Well, I go ahead. You're good. No, I was just going to say, well, it was a pleasure having you on. I really enjoyed our time with you. Uh, like I said, you made everything. It, it yeah, my head does not hurt. Uh, oh. My mind was still blown. <laughs> oh, um, and yeah, it was it was awesome. I loved it. I loved every every minute of it. Oh, that's so. Oh, I'm tingly. And and your energy is <laughs> yes. wonderful. So thank you. Yes. Oh, well, it was a good match because I loved you both too before <laughs> I even got here. So that's good. Yeah. Thanks for making me feel so comfortable. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having these great dynamic conversations, you know, with all kinds of different people and exposing people to these stories. I love it. I love what you're doing. Thank, thank you, you very thank much. You. Yeah. You have a new fan. Yay. Thank you. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So that was uh, our guest, Troy. And I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like super great after. I definitely loved his energy. Not to say I don't haven't loved everyone else's energy, but I loved that. I don't know. Maybe it was. I feel key. so light. Right. That's what I'm saying. I like. I literally keep. You guys can't see it, but I'm like raising like, your hands up. Yeah, and, like like a yeah. weight lifted off my shoulders. Like I guess trying to say like light and airy and like mm-hmm. it's yeah. I feel good. I I love conversations like that. Not to say that I always feel like shit after talking to some of you guys, but um, yeah, like I told Troy, I definitely love his energy and like what he, what he brought. So left me, left me feeling good. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. yeah. And like, and like I mentioned my, it, it was still, it was a lot of information. It was, my mind was blown. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it was, it was a good episode. I, I really enjoyed having Troy on and I'm sure we'll have him back on at some point. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, the information that he gave was, easily digestible i feel like and wasn't like too like Com- part of a concept yeah or complex, yeah, complex or anything like that yeah so it was it was good um i loved it yeah well all right guys uh if you'd like to get into contact with us like troy did you can reach out at our website we believed you.com on the website there are tabs where you can find all our social medias so make sure to go like follow and share on facebook instagram or Twitter. There's also a listen tab where you can listen to the podcast directly on our website or click the link 
to the most popular podcasting list, podcast listening sites, such as Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also give us a five-star rating, which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us. And if you want to leave a review as well, we'll read that on the podcast. If you want to rock any of our merch, feel free to go check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts and hoodies designed by none other than Michelle herself. There's also a donate button if you feel so inclined to help us out. And finally, if y'all want to reach us besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the link on the contact us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share information that you want to share. You can also send in your stories for our stories of high strangeness. If you send them in in Spanish, we can translate that for you as well. So don't be shy. Share your stories with us, guys, because we believe. To you. To you.